Hello, and welcome to Tough as Nails, a podcast centered on the strengths all women possess and using that power to live a fulfilling and rewarding life. My name is Julie Bueno. And I'm Beth Bird. I'm Corey Masters. Today, we're so excited to share our interview with Anya Christianthan with you. Anya Christianthan is the Chief Brand Officer at Anugo. Anugo is actually a company that Julie, Corey, and I have all worked with in some capacity for several years. And uh, Anya is just a ray of sunshine and light. And we're so excited to get to share that with all of you. Um, and she has an amazing fashion style. Like, I mean, you, I love oh, yeah. following her because you go to conventions and you see everyone in black and white and navy. And then you see her and she like comes around with like super high, high heels and like beautiful pink or bright green and florals. And then the next day she looks like a super power Wonder Woman. So it's like, I love her style. <laughs> Love, it's all love, rent love. the runway. Yes. That's what she uses. Yeah. She told me that she uses like the subscription where you get things all the time uh-huh. and you can return mm-hmm. as much or get as much as you want. And I love that. I love That's it. That's a good idea. It. So. Yeah. I think uh, what I loved about Anya that was really unusual was she said that she found she was most comfortable when she was out of her comfort zone. Mm-hmm. When she was in the comfort zone, she just didn't feel good. She didn't feel like she was growing. And uh, most people aren't that way, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not. I think mm-hmm. we all like our little bubble, but that's what's made her so successful is she thrives when she's not in her comfort zone and she's always mm-hmm. achieving something different, stretching and reaching for mm-hmm. something new. Yep. Yeah, and really one of the most confident women, Mm -hmm. and not in an arrogant way, in a very humble way. She's Mm -hmm. just very comfortable in her own skin. And we talked a little bit about how she thinks some of that came from her transition to the United States, from Russia, and um, working in male-dominated industry, very uh, kind of buttoned-up industry in finance. Mm -hmm. So it was just really fun to hear her journey. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Anya Chrysanton. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, We are so honored to have you here in our podcast. We learn from you from the podcast that you do at Anugo, the company that you work for, and just your overall social media presence. And we, we love seeing you pretty much everywhere. So tell us a little bit about yourself, what you love doing, where you come from, and what you do. Oh boy, how much time do we have here? (laughs) (laughs) All the time for you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be on the show. It's always fun to have the tables turned when you're not the host, (laughs) but the other way around. So yeah, so about Anya Chrysanthemum, let's see, where do we start? Um, I guess I'll start from the beginning of the story. So my family immigrated from Russia when I was 13. And so we moved to central Pennsylvania and um, in Russia, we lived right outside of Moscow. So it's mm. definitely kind of a big transition. My father is a scientist, so he always worked abroad and uh, he managed to get a permanent position at John Hopkins University after the Soviet Union collapsed because things were just so bad mm. in Russia that we decided to, to leave basically. So when we left, my my brother and his family still stayed behind, and mm. um, you know I, I came over with my parents, and so uh, from there on, I um, and since I was already at Central Pennsylvania, it's where Penn State University is. After I graduated from high school, I ended up going to Penn State, 
And then uh, I met my husband the last year of school and <laughs> it was one of those, you know, love at first sight. Oh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, I, I told my best friend when I met him, I said, he's, he's a Superman. Oh, <laughs> oh that's so cute. <laughs> to think back to that night. Um, and so he was from um, Philadelphia area. And so um we did uh, one semester long distance because he, he graduated a semester ahead of me. And actually right before we met, uh, I want to say two days before he met, we met, um, I got my citizenship, my American Aww. citizenship. So my running joke was that, you know, you know, it's true love because I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh, so yes, yeah, so I followed him after I graduated from Penn State to uh, Philadelphia area. And um, at the time, I um, got a job at Vanguard, which is one of the largest financial institutions. And so I spent seven years of my career in financial services, which was a great experience. Definitely was not what I loved doing, uh, but it did teach me a lot of lessons and I would say a lot of useful information that most people don't learn in school. So like, like mm. uh, yeah, finding financial type of stuff that actually comes in handy. Um, I did a lot of traveling for Vanguard in my early days. Um, I did a lot of presentations, et cetera, and love, love, love doing that. <laughs> and then um, after we gotten engaged and had our kids and got married and, um, you know, it was kind of like, okay, you got to reel it in. You can't <laughs> road. So I was literally spending a ton of time on the road. I was traveling sometimes, you know, leave on a Sunday night, uh, come back on a Friday night, do my laundry, back up, do it all over again. So it was really, uh, really time consuming as far as travel goes. But again, I don't love traveling, so it didn't feel like a job. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, after I had kids, it was time to come back to the office. And so it was nine to five in the cubicle. And mm -hmm. I just hated my life. Like I yeah. would drive to work and I was just thinking like, oh my God, I, I can't stand my job. I can't stand what I'm doing. And I love to be in front of people. I cannot be on the phone in, in this kind of a very restricting mm. um, environment, what it felt like. Yeah. So at the time, a friend of mine, um, she worked at Ryan Holmes and she said, hey, you'd be great in sales. I was complaining to her one night. And so <laughs> that's how my career started in home building back in 2013. Uh, Ryan Holmes in sales. And I uh, got my rookie of the year. So actually I have my uh, trophy here. Oh, that's awesome. Always <laughs> keep all my stuff here nearby my desk to keep me motivated. Yeah. Um, remembering where I came from. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like I've always been uh, ambitious. And mm -hmm. so I wanted to succeed and do well. And I, I guess you can say I'm a tad bit competitive for sure. <laughs> So it was important for me to do well, um, but but at the same time, I don't know if I, even though I was great in sales, I don't know if that was like my true calling. Mm -hmm. um, I'm one of those people that always felt a little icky about it, and I don't know if, it, if some of the techniques we were using or you mm -hmm. know, it I it it never felt like you know what I naturally wanted to do. Yeah. So then I started to become more curious about marketing and I, right when podcasts started to be 
popular, like I'd say in 2017, I really got all on that. I started listening to a lot of podcasts, especially marketing podcasts, and I was learning all about social media and how I can improve my traffic and uh, how I can drive more traffic to my model home. And I was trying all of that stuff. And then right around 2018 is when I actually ended up starting my own podcast, my first podcast, which was New Construction Marketing Podcast. And that's really how I made my name in home building is from that podcast, you know, because that was yeah, <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> because I was really one of the first podcasts out there uh, for building specifically. Like now mm-hmm. we're lucky to have so many different podcasts and so many different voices and that's great. But back then there really wasn't anything. And, um, you know, the reason why I started it was really because I was looking for a podcast to listen to on my drive to the model home and couldn't find anything. And anything I could find was all real estate general specific, not specific to new construction. And surprisingly, it was a lot of men talking to other men. And I was like, wait a minute, real estate is so female dominated, especially when it comes to sales. So why is it the guys? And yeah. so I was like, well, we got we to gotta change that. And so that's <laughs> kind of how I got started. Uh, I didn't have any expectations really for it. I was just like, you know what, let me just get it out there. And I was almost shy about promoting it, I guess, because mm. again, I didn't think anybody's going to listen. Who's going to listen to me? Like, I, mm-hmm. yeah. who was I really, you know, to, to be to be doing that? And so I was just just kind of started doing it for fun. And um, as part of that, I started traveling to a lot of conferences because I wanted to find ways to meet um, interesting speakers that I could have on my show um, to explore new topics that I could deliver to my audience. And so I was really, um, again, you know, combine that with my love of traveling. It was kind of a perfect, uh, perfect combination. I would go uh, to all these industry conferences. And then eventually I got asked to be speaker at those conferences. And so that really kind of, again, put me on the bigger stages. And, you know, I um, met John Lee from Anugo at one of the conferences. And so we stayed in touch. I was always in awe of just the way his brain works, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's such a, an interesting person and he thinks so differently. And, you know, he's like a, a 10 year old kid trapped in, you know, a grown body because his mind, the way he thinks is so interesting. Even now, when we talk about metaverse, mm-hmm. you know, like, hmm, what application could there be for new home sales? And he's like, oh my gosh, there's so <laughs> Like, you know, his mind works so interesting. So I've mm-hmm. always loved that about him. And, and I was always kind of blown away by my conversations with him. It always left me feeling so inspired and that he was such a visionary, always five years ahead of everybody else, how I felt. And so we always talked about potentially working together. Um, and then, you know, the right timing came up. An opportunity came um, after I became... Um, an agency owner of my own agency. I did marketing for a few years for smaller builders. And then, um, yeah, it was just right timing at the right time. <laughs> and uh, so for it's been a little bit less than a year that I've been with Inugo now, representing them uh, with their marketing. And so I'm very happy to be where I am today and uh, actually embarking on a new chapter now, starting in August. Uh, we're launching a big product that's going to be consumer facing so a new go marketplace so traditionally i've been more of a, a you know really b2b 
uh, talking to other builders, representing uh, a new go-to builders. But now I'm going to be shifting more BTC, where I'm going to be producing mm. a lot of content specific to new home buyers, which is really exciting. Um, I mean, I've definitely had experience uh, because I sold new homes, so I know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. So I'm not starting <laughs> from scratch, uh, but definitely a new chapter. But um, I'm also feeling very, very excited and I feel like not afraid. You know, I've, I've changed direction so many times. Mm. I kind of have the confidence to know that I'll be able to do it. So I'm actually feeling like so many people are on social media and starting something. And it, you know, it can be tough in the beginning and I know it's going to be tough. Um, but I also feel like, hey, I'm actually getting paid for this stuff, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, need I love and I'm getting paid for it. So yeah. <laughs> So that's my story. <laughs> I love love a story that takes you different places to then end up at the right place, right? It's yes. so so interesting how that happens. And that kind of seems to be a theme with most of the women we interview. It's like you start here and then you don't know where you're going to end um, or where you're going to be at this moment in time because then we don't know where you're going to be in three years from now and yeah. what marketplace, like the impact is going to have with consumers I can't wait to see what happens with that. It's so interesting to me. Um, so, yeah, I'm a big believer. Just, you know, I don't believe in coincidences. Mm-hmm. It's like serendipity, you know, at the, sometimes you are in a job, even thinking back to my early work in finance, certain things I did. It's like, what, like, why, like, why am I doing <laughs> this or what's the purpose for this? And then later on, you're like, oh, I learned that skill or I learned that that is like totally applicable to what I'm doing now. So I'm a big, big believer that everything happens for a reason. I know it sounds super cheesy. No, it's true. I, yeah, I, I definitely believe that you are exactly where you need to be. And, you know, sometimes it takes twists and turns, but there's a reason <laughs> why yeah. there's a twist and turn. So I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all are, Anya. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So jumping back to the beginning of your story, what was it like at 13 years old to come to a new country? Um, So I always say it's an equivalent of jumping into an ice cold pool. Um, Mm -hmm. That's what it felt like, you know, because at 13, you really hate your parents. You know, (laughs) you love your friends. Your friends is your Mm -hmm. whole world. And so to be taken away from everything that you love, to go to another country where I've never, well, I've been once. So uh, the first time I visited the U.S. was when I was eight years old and I was just for one month. And at that time, my father lived in suburbs of Chicago, so Urbana and Champlain. And so that's another funny thing. You know, in my mind at eight years old, I'm thinking like I'm going to Malibu, right? Like I'm thinking like articles, like palm trees, like this is going to be awesome. And then, like, my dad picks us up, and it's March in Chicago. So you can only imagine, like, how cold it was. It was probably, it was probably colder than it was in Moscow at the time. And I was like, what is happening right now? Like, where, where are the palm trees? Like, where are the in cars? Like, this is not what I signed up for. Um, so, so that was a funny experience. But, yeah, at 13, I kind of knew there was no going back at that point, right? Like, I knew this wasn't just, like, a trip. This was permanent. I would say the first year was really, really hard. Um, it was hard because 
I didn't really speak English. So I, I studied English in school, but it was, well, I mean, one, if you ever, I, mean, I was going to say if you ever studied Spanish, I mean, obviously <laughs> it doesn't apply to you, Corey, because you're, you know, Miss International speaking how many languages, but for most people, you know, when you study Spanish, for example, it's cold. It's the stuff that they teach you is like, where's the library, you know, how all this stuff uh, that's not really useful in, in real life. Um, and English that they taught us was a British English. So when I came here, I was like, oh my God, I can't understand anything they're saying. I was like, did they teach me a wrong language? Uh, and I and I was so afraid to say anything that I knew already because it, it sounded so different because it was Brit basically a British accent. So uh, I'm going to start speaking with British accent. So, but you know, you get over it really quickly, um, especially that age. I think our brains are just, you know, the plasticity of your brain you get really quickly. So within the first year I was fluent in English, um, but it was definitely the hardest time of my life, but also I would say it's the best experience. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. I can't wait to send my kids abroad for semester abroad because I really truly believe that it made me who I am today because it forced me to step outside of my comfort zone. And like before before it was cool to say like be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like that was me. So and I remember specifically one moment really clearly in my mind. I was sitting in my biology class in 10th grade and like you know, a few months before, I was thinking, like, I can't even carry a conversation with you in a hallway, like a basic conversation. And, and here I am sitting learning about chromosomes, like, what mm. the hell? <laughs> 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 uh, so I have no idea how I passed 10th grade, but I do remember that moment very clearly where I was sitting in my biology class and suddenly I realized that I could understand everything that was being mm. said. And instead of being excited about it, it made me feel really sad. Mm. So, and the reason why I think is because I was hooked on that feeling of being uncomfortable. <laughs> Actually, my comfort zone is to be uncomfortable. And so once I felt comfortable, it was like, mm, now what? About this. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I really think that that experience is really shaped me for that risk taking because I think I'm definitely more. Uh, willing to take more risk than most people mm -hmm. I'm comfortable with that and I think it also goes back to growing up in Russia even because we grew up with very little so I know that I can survive like I remember you know back after the Soviet Union collapsed things were really really bad there for a while where you have to have like food coupons to get mm -hmm. food to wait in line for bread and stuff like that mm -hmm. and I remember specific moments when I was sitting, it, I think it was my brother's birthday, and we were having chicken, uh, like, a, you know, chicken legs or whatever. And I remember being so excited to eat chicken because mm -hmm. it was, like, a special occasion. And, you know, so it's, it's, it's crazy to think that. It's like, my gosh, yeah. chicken. You can have chicken anytime I want. <laughs> occasion, we had chicken. Um, so I think that also makes me realize, like, I can survive, but I don't need very much to survive. I can, I can make it. So that, I guess, allows me to, to take more risk in my life and to really go after what I truly want or what, I, what, what drives me, what, what's, what makes me happy. Because at this stage in my life, after 
done some things, some jobs that I wasn't happy at, that I was miserable at, but I had to stay there because I needed to make the money or whatever else it was. And now I'm in the point in my life where the money doesn't matter to me as much. Like, you know, I've had people before I joined in yoga, I've had multiple companies in our industry and outside approach me about joining them. And some of the numbers were like, what? Like, <laughs> sickening, like, right? Like, and going back even to go back to financial services. But I also know that I would have been miserable at that job. Mm -hmm. So for me now, it's like pursuit of happiness. It's very, very important for me to do what I'm passionate about, what I care about, uh, to feel like there's a calling, there's a, there's a purpose. And luckily, I'm getting paid for it. <laughs> I didn't, you know, um, I feel like I would be happy doing what I'm doing right now. So yeah. Well, um, I think part of what you said that, you know, you would survive with very little um, also comes with the benefit of being grateful for how things work in this country, which so yeah. many people that are born and raised here do not realize how, um, I think Chad is the one that says this, how easy it is to make money in America <laughs> today, um, which sounds very entitled, but at the same time, it, it is in this country, if you work hard and you put time and effort, things tend to go the right way, uh, which in other countries, you can work your butt off to get no recognition. And then you end up getting bogged down and saying, well, if I'm working hard, but getting the same as someone else, I'm done trying. Um, so I think that probably gave you that mentality of being so grateful for what you have and valuing um, what you've been able to achieve, which is amazing. And you should be super proud of yourself for doing everything you've done so far. It's, it's unbelievable. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But yeah, I definitely practiced, um, I guess, Thanksgiving in, in a way <laughs> that, that I feel very grateful for the things that I have. And even, you know, think about, I mean, obviously it would be nice to have more things, more stuff, mm. right? You always think things like, oh, I want more stuff, but it is more about experiences for me. Mm -hmm. um, but I do believe that I'm also very good at manifesting things. So I think when you're grateful, it helps. Like sometimes when I think like, oh, wouldn't it be great to get this or whatever? And, and but it's, I, I don't even know how to explain it, but, but every, <laughs> time, every time I want something, I feel like it comes my way. And I feel like because I approach it from like being grateful, for what I have now and not coming from a place of, oh, you know, there's some, something to complain about. I, I definitely protect my mental space. Mm -hmm. I think it's really, really important. I'm a big believer in energy that, you know, you attract the energy that you put out there. Mm -hmm. And if you are negative and you start that negative self-talk, it's really, really easy to get carried away. And so with my kids right now, that is a big topic of our conversation because my boys right now are 10 years old. I have oh. twins. And, you know, with suicide rate right now in this country for that group of kids because of what they've gone through over the pandemic and everything, it's it's terrifying. And, oh. and seeing some of their friends even and what they're saying sometimes and get upset um, and that negative self-talk. And, and it's always to me like, no, like, don't say that. Like, 
if you say that about yourself, like how is the rest of the world going to to look at you? Like if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't think you can, then nobody else is going to think that you can. So that's that's one thing that I'm certain of. And people say like I'm very confident. Um, but that's why, you know, because I I mean I think it, it definitely comes from doing, right? Mm-hmm. If you the more you do, the more confident you feel. But it's also from that place of I'm, there's enough people are going to criticize me. I don't need to criticize myself on top of it because if I start doing that and if I start allowing those, those thoughts in, then I may start to believe it. And if I start to believe it, then I may start being like wavering and I may mm-hmm. start like, oh, maybe this video is not good enough. Maybe I shouldn't put it out there. But I just put it out there. (laughs) I love that. You are one of the most confident ladies that I've gotten to know lately. And I admire that so much about you. You know, we got to spend some time together face to face last week. And you just seem very comfortable in your own skin in such a good, healthy way. And I appreciate that about you. Well, thank you. I I appreciate that. And I think, again, it's definitely been a work. Mm You're not born with it, and uh, but I definitely think it's my superpower now is the confidence. But uh, again, the more you do, the more positive self-talk, the better, the more confident you're going to feel. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean, when we saw you at the International Builder Show, I was amazed at your, um, and also at the Tropical Retreat last year when you were speaking, your presence on the stage you kind of just command the stage you it's your place and you talk and no one else is like playing on their phone or just like oh so boring no it's like we're all listening because you have something very cool to say and uh comes from experience and knowledge too and and your presence is so great and i think um i've heard so many women say in the last couple of years like we try to make ourselves smaller and don't take we don't want to take up too much space or be too flamboyant and like what we wear and like too girly but also like try to keep it professional like it's so hard to find that balance between being professional while still looking cute sexy or however you want to feel that day without intimidating women and men at the same time and I think you do that just right um, wow. because Thanks. we we see your fashion more like oh Anya's so cool <laughs> and like, I, like I like I told her when I met her a couple like last year I was like oh she's like a like a VIP like walking around like so cool <laughs> um, and then I talked to you and I was like she's so nice like she's not like someone you can't talk to because she's too out there like she's great oh Corey oh, well, you, you should have seen the green yeah. jumpsuit that Anya was rocking last week I want that green jumpsuit oh. It was awesome. Hey, Run the Runway. All my stuff is from Run the Runway. And so speaking of clothes, you know, um, I feel like that was a big thing for me early on in my career because I've always loved fashion. Like even growing up, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I should show you guys some pictures of me. I mean, it was it was definitely not the fashion sense that I have now. I think now my, my style is a little bit more like classical versus back then it was more like punky rocky like you know um like out there for sure yeah but you know we all grow and and evolve with our styles but even when i started my first job out of college you know the place where i worked they were super conservative like i mean one it's um financial institution so in finance they're usually more buttoned up but with this particular company they were like super super old school 
And so we had to wear suits every single day. And, you know, there's still ways that you can express yourself and make it cuter and whatnot. And I remember one day they sent me home for the suit that I was wearing because it was, I don't know if you remember back in the day. I mean, it's, it's been a few years, but even now the, the suit that was popular, it was like the shorts to your knee. Mm -hmm. It was like a knee shorts. And then like, you know, yeah. 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 So it's more provocative quote unquote than wearing a skirt that's to your knee. Right. But because it was sports, it was not allowed. And so they sent me home and I remember being so embarrassed that they sent me home for that. But it was always, that um, struggle in my mind where it's like, okay, I want to feel feminine. I want to feel sexy, but at the same time, I want to be taken seriously. And I think that especially in the younger years, because I was working in the financial industry and I was working with clients who had multi, multi multi-million dollar portfolios and they were looking to me and speaking with me, I always felt like I wasn't quite as qualified i maybe and again maybe it came from like my heart really wasn't in it but i did have a lot of self-doubt and like how do i express myself and like so so that was always a big struggle between looking like you looking feminine but being taken seriously so i think i have found that happy place now um, and it just, again, I think it comes with getting older, being a little bit more comfortable with your own body and being more comfortable with who you are. And I mean, obviously working from home, <laughs> I'll dress up and, you know, take, take a selfie video, <laughs> just so yeah, the world knows yeah. that I'm still dressing up <laughs> all day long. But, um, but yeah, it's definitely, I would say it's a big part of who I am the fashion, I would say if I wasn't in this industry, I'd probably somehow end up in the fashion industry, maybe. That's so fun. I love that. I could totally see that. Okay, so Anya, totally changing subjects. I have another question for you that we like to ask all of our guests. What's your guilty pleasure? Ooh, guilty pleasure is reality TV. I don't watch (laughs) another one. (laughs) I, I do not. So here are my shows. Okay. So I watch Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> I watch um, Southern Charm. Oh, I so haven't seen that So those are like one. my two go-to right now. Um, mm. So I watch like the Summer House when it's the season. <laughs> so basically Bravo Holic. You know, I'm a Bravo Holic. <laughs> uh, so that's one I can't give up. You know, I started watching Real Housewives of Orange County like back in the day when it first came out. And mm-hmm. I watched it for the longest time. And then finally, when one of the cast members, Tamara, if you guys watched the show, you'll know, she left the show. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this is my excuse to quit watching because I, the rest of them, they're like newer and I didn't really care about them. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, no more. I'm quitting. This is my good excuse to quit. But, you know, Beverly Hills is just so much fun. I mean, see? Yeah, it's, it's so silly. Yeah, yeah. I love watching those too. It yeah, like frees my mind. And they're so outrageous that I'm like, I can't be upset about myself for like doing this stupid thing because they're over there doing it with cameras. So I can't be that bad right now. Exactly. Exactly. My kids, I feel bad watching it in front of my kids sometimes. 
always send them up because it is a lot of fighting and then I hate that part about it for sure. <laughs> I love it when they just get drunk and have a good time. Have a good time. It's you know, I know. Probably better, but yeah, so I, I just can't seem to give it up. So Well, it's not yeah. a bad thing. I hope you enjoy it very much because I have fun watching that that dumb stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, thank you so much for your time. We super, super appreciate it. And um, we we hope um, people will follow you on social media. What What's the, the place they can go to? Facebook, Instagram, TikTok? So pretty much everywhere, yes, at Anya Christensen. But if you guys want to follow my new journey with Anugo and learn all about new home construction and why new homes, it's all <laughs> at Anugo or at Anugo Living is where I'm going to be putting out a lot of content starting in August. So any ideas you have for the content, I would appreciate it. Send it my way because I'm putting myself all out there. So <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Anya. Thank you all so much for listening. You can keep up with us on social media at Tough as Nails Pod on both Instagram and Facebook. You can also send us an email at toughasnailspod at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.